welcome to Proudly Off Payroll. I'm James Poyser. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Any Accounts, and this is where I share my insights and opinions on the consulting and contracting industry. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the dreaded PSC bans, aka Brolioni policies or PAYE policies. And if you're facing a ban right now, you might feel like banging your head on a wall or perhaps you've got a feeling that you've been found guilty without an opportunity for the defence to speak. So that's why in this podcast, I'm going to take a deep dive into why PSC bans exist, what my predictions are, and what your options are right now. for unpacking PSC bans feels a bit like mediation or relationship counselling. And by that, I mean, I think it's really important to try and understand this from somebody else's point of view. So how can we look at this problem through the corporate's eyes and try and understand what's driving the choices that they're making? And, you know, if this sounds a bit lovey-dovey, if it sounds a bit too, uh, too art of love and you're more of a, an art of war person, think about this about gathering information to allow you to engage in a battle. And the more information you have got, the better quality your decision making is going to be, regardless of your ultimate choice. So let's start off, first of all, by looking at this from HMRC's point of view. So we all know HMRC have battled with IL-35 for the last 20 years. They've tried without success to try and clamp down on disguised employment. They've asked contractors and consultants themselves to self-identify if they are a disguised employee. And obviously, that hasn't delivered the results that they've been expecting. And it's very hard for HMRC to to investigate individually hundreds of thousands of consultants and contractors to establish their employment status. And it's much, much easier for HMRC to recruit other people, large contract users, i.e. corporates, to do this for them. And that's the thrust of this legislation. And corporates have been helping HMRC for a long time, and it's not just around contracts and consultants. It's part of HMRC's ongoing strategy. So we look at something like Airbnb. Airbnb just recently have handed over the details of 225,000 hosts to HMRC because HMRC are deeply suspicious. There's a lot of people earning money through Airbnb who aren't declaring it on their tax return. Same thing I think we all know about eBay. So eBay sends information to HMRC so they can look at trading and look at things like uh, making sure that the right amount of tax has been paid, the right amount of VAT. Uh, Just this month, HMRC are about to embark on a new campaign, and this is around um, capital gains tax. And HMRC work with Rightmove, Zoopla, the Land Registry, and they are trying to identify transactions where they believe that CGT should have been paid, but it hasn't. So HMRC have got a, a history, and it's part of their strategy to involve corporates to help them increase tax compliance. And generally, corporates have a good relationship with HMRC and they're very compliant with the, the requests of HMRC. I mean, they will push back if uh, if HMRC are asking them to do something which is unlawful or perhaps contradicts uh, GDPR, then corporates will push back. But for the most part, corporates do comply with HMRC's requests. So then let's bring it to the corporate. Let's look through the eyes of a corporate. Now, they're obviously bound by the new off-payroll legislation, but for a long time they've been bound by the Criminal Finances Act of 2017. And this says it's a corporate offence for a corporation to fail to prevent the facilitation of evasion. So if a contractor is involved in tax evasion, the corporate could be criminally liable 
if they're allowing that to happen. And even if they're going through an agent or a convoluted supply chain, it ultimately comes back to that corporate. Now, it's not down to the corporates to prevent tax evasion, but in their defence, they need to have reasonable procedures to protect from tax evasion. And this presents a risk to the corporate. And it's just like any other regulatory risk, something like anti-bribery, money laundering, FCA. But IL35 off payroll also presents a brand risk. The corporates don't want to end up in the newspaper with headlines around facilitating tax evasion. They don't want, you know, they want Ian Hislop and, and the private eye on the tail, or they don't want to be dragged in front of parliamentary committees. So it's a real balancing act for corporates. And there's a strategy that they need to think about when it comes to off payroll and IR35. So they could be overly cautious and go for a, a PAYE only policy, a PSC ban. They risk paying more for contracts and consultants. They risk losing talent. On the flip side, they could be too relaxed and they might find that HMRC could investigate them as HMRC have done with something like GSK or NHS Digital. And there's a lot of things that a corporate needs to consider when they're making the decision. So, for example, up until recently, the goalposts from HMRC have been moving quite rapidly. So we had a lot of updates to the CES tool, for example. Um, there's a huge volume of contractors that need assessing. So there's almost 400,000 contractors that need assessing. And there is still an acute lack of experience in the market when it comes to determining employment status. The corporates are also going to weigh up things like market conditions. So if you look at uh, CV19 and the impact at the moment, there's an oversupply of candidates. So it's very much a buyer's market. So that market force is somewhat neutralised. Uh, some large corporates have got a desire to reduce their contractors anyway or a desire to offshore work. And this provides a catalyst to allow those pieces of work to happen. You've also got things like the influence of large consultancy firms. Um, but pushing people into PAYE isn't without a risk out, without its risk itself. So, you know, the corporates have got to consider things like the consequential reputation risk from rogue umbrellas or things like disguise remuneration schemes. So things like um, the, the loan charges. Uh, they've got to consider things like employment law. So if you're suddenly pushed into um, PAYE, the agency worker regs start to apply and you are, you know, you are entitled to things like equal pay, equal holiday pay, the same access to facilities that permanent members of staff have, enhanced maternity rights. You've got the opportunity to work for that end client directly. So suddenly a whole load of employment law is unlocked when they push people onto PAYE. There's also a really interesting risk that corporates are weighing up, and that's the risk of contracts and consultants who've been pushed onto PAYE now claiming that they're employees all along. And this might sound a bit daft, you know, if you're sitting there as a consultant or contractor, because your first thought is probably, well, you're going to have to pay backdated income tax to the revenue. But the reason for doing this is if you can claim that you're an employee all along, you could then make a claim for things like backdated holiday pay, sickness pay, but then some big ticket items in there, such as pensions, are making a claim for a backdated pension payment. And this risk is so big that many corporates have taken out insurance policies to protect them against this potential backdated pension payment conundrum. And then there's other things such as, you know, if you're suddenly finding yourself that you're now an employee, if you've got any typical employee grievances, such as discrimination, you then may have a case for an employment tribunal and the cost and consequences that go with that. So it's really, really complex decision that a corporate has got to make in deciding whether they're going to blanket ban PSC contractors or engage with fair assessments. And let's look at, for example, banking and finance. So banking and finance is a very risk averse uh, sector. And after the financial crisis, the banking sector really does not need any more bad 
press. There's also a copycat mentality in the sector. So the banks don't particularly mind being wrong as long as they're not the only person who's wrong. So they want everybody else to be in the same position. And that's absolutely fine. And that has a very interesting amplifying effect because you end up with this almost a mini cartel where you've got the banking industry. They all pursue a a PSC ban. And if you've got skills amongst that industry that won't transfer into other sectors, then they have a really strong power over that market. And they can basically start to dictate the terms. And if you're a contractor in the banking finance sector and your skills aren't transferable, it is a very challenging place to be right now. Now, banking finance, they are also cash rich, and it may well be they've established that rates might have to rise as a result of this, but they are comfortable with that business case. Another sector that's particularly sensitive to PSC contractors is the media. So they're quite sensitive because of the high profile TV presenter cases that are currently going through the courts. This is still ongoing. And for the time being, that's why they're very shy about engaging contractors and consultants who are working outside IR35. But then it's different in different industries. So let's look at pharma. So you've got the likes of GSK. And we all know that contracts and consultants at GSK got a bit of a thumping a couple of years ago with HMRC's phishing letters. And it feels like HMRC have very much got GSK in their sights. But if you look elsewhere in the pharma sector, so if you look at AstraZeneca and you look at Bayer, they're conducting fair IR35 assessments and they're using third parties to help them with those assessments. So you can see trying to come up with a corporate position on what you're going to do with contractors and consultants is really hard. There's a business case that needs to be thought through. There's a lot of pros and cons. There's a lot of trade-off. trade-offs. It's not just about the finances, not just about the cash. There's a lot of risk whether they get this right or wrong. And you might be thinking, well, why don't they just issue more robust outside IR35 contracts? And the answer is, it's not that simple. IR35 is not necessarily just about your contract. That's the starting point, but it's actually about your working practices. So when you're there, working with a client, does the way in which you engage with the client actually reflect what's in your contract or not? And if you're a large organisation with thousands and thousands of contractors, that is a huge compliance effort. They've got to make sure that, you know, all those contractors who are outside R35 aren't being controlled or supervised. They need to think about those opportunities, not options for substitution, should it arise. They've got to make sure they're not perceived to be part and parcel of that organisation. It is a huge compliance undertaking if you've got that many contractors who are outside R35. If you've got a smaller number of contractors, it's much, much easier to manage or transfer to a third party. Now, the need for consultants and contractors is not going to go away. So organisations still have transformation projects that need delivering. They still need those niche skills they don't have in-house. They still need to scale without risk. They like the fact they can let you go at will. They still need to keep employees off the books because they're city like that. So there's always going to be a demand for the contingent workforce. So what's going to happen? So if we look at the largest contractor users... This is probably where the bans are going to stay in place for the longest period of time. And that's because, as I've said, compliance is a huge undertaking. And in particular industries, there's a real lack of competitive forces. There's that follower mindset, that cartel of sorts. And you've got people there with non-transferable skills who are locked into that market. There's also a paradox here. So if you've got a large amount of contractors, statistically, you're going to have a larger percentage who are inside R35. And that's why my prediction is for the largest contractor users out there, 
that the PSC bans will be prolonged because arguably it is cheaper for them to address issues in the short term by rate rises than it is to try and deliver compliance for those many, many thousands of contractors. If we look outside these largest contractor users, things look a lot rosier. So we've got better market forces at play. They're less likely to have this group mindset. There is more competition, particularly for the top slice of the best resource, the niche resource, the in-demand resource. And I strongly suspect that the bands will start to fade away in this part of the market and they will be replaced with fair assessments. I think we're going to end up with a two-track market. So outside R35 working will be available for those who've got niche skills where it's difficult to be controlled, those with extraordinary knowledge who are investing in and developing that knowledge, and those who are engaged to deliver an impact. And inside R35 will be there for those rock stars, the people who can get the work done, so the dependable, high-quality, task-orientated workers. So in terms of how this is going to happen, I suspect it's going to be a case of prioritising the resource from the top down. So they're going to start at the top, look at the resource that they need, where they do need those niche skills, they need that extraordinary knowledge, or they need people to deliver that impact. And that's where the fair assessments will start. And they will move down that list of contingent resource needs. A simple way of summarising this is the stronger your case for being outside and the greater your bargaining power, the quicker you will find yourself outside R35. There's also a lot happening behind the scenes and some hidden dynamics that many consultants and contractors might not be aware of. So, for example, we've got things like the rise of the boutique consultancy firm, organisations like Equal Experts. It's much easier for those organisations to manage IR35 on a smaller scale with fewer consultants or contractors. So it's much easier for them to assure that compliance. The second thing is we're also seeing many recruitment firms transforming into the consultancy market themselves and engaging on a statement of work basis. This allows end clients to reduce their risk because a statement of work engagement from a client to a firm is outside the scope of IR35. And then it's down to that consultancy firm to then manage the IR35 risk. And again, if there are fewer consultants and contractors involved, it is easier for them to manage that risk. There's also many IR35 assessors out there. So you've got the likes of Kingsbridge, QDOS, IR35 Shield and many more and they are providing an outsourced compliance service for organisations. Again if you've got thousands and thousands of contractors they may not be looking at outsourcing it to a firm like that but if you're a smaller organisation with hundreds of contracts and consultants these guys are absolutely ideal. And finally there's also uh, an insurance market. So there are insurance companies out there who will ensure the risk of IR35 from a corporate's point of view. So they will manage that risk, they will take it on board, and if there is an investigation from HMRC, they will mount the defence. So in short, there are a lot of people who've got a vested interest in delivering fair IR35 assessments. And if you want another point of reference, remember the public sector. PSC bans were prevalent in the public sector when the legislation came in a couple of years ago, but they didn't last, and now... 52% of public sector engagements are outside IR35. So if you're facing a PSC ban, what should you do? Well, let's be realistic. You are not going to change a corporate policy. But there is a question of exceptions. So I've spoken to a number of contractors who are in organisations who are facing PSC bans. And there are quite a few who have turned around and said, well, that's the official policy. 
but this is an organization that runs on exceptions and my challenge is to make sure that I'm one of them. So that's one approach. If you have got commodity skills, that might be more of a challenge. However, if you have got very niche specific skills that are hard to find, then again, you have that bargaining power and it may well be that you can push for an exception to the policy. If you can't, what do you do? Well, it's a really personal decision. There are lots and lots of factors that you need to consider. The options that you've got, so you could accept it and settle in for the long haul. You could accept it and keep looking and be ready to move. So you might want to make sure you've got a short termination period in your contract. You might decide to end your contract and move to another one, even if that's on PAYE, because you want to mitigate any retrospective tax risk. You might end your contract, move to another one and find an organisation that's outside IR35. Or you might finish your contract and decide to sit on the bench. Or it might be that you you know, have the nuclear option and you go permanent. So how do you decide on your next course of action? Well, there's a few questions that you need to ask yourself. First of all, is there a chance that you have been inside R35 all along? Have you, for example, used a third party assessor to help you understand your status? I mean, if you haven't, why on earth not? You know, it's such an important thing and it is so, so vital that you get this right. So were you inside all along? Yes or no. Second question is, can you transfer your skills to another sector? So if you're facing a PSC ban in a particular sector and all of the uh, the, the large contract users there have got a similar policy, are you able to transfer your skills into another sector? The next question is, what's your bargaining power? And the thing to remember is being really good, like being really, really good and being willing to trade off your employment protection is the entry criteria for being a contractor, not a differentiator. So you've got to be something different about you to have any chance of having any bargaining power when it comes to IR35. The other question is, are there any opportunities with smaller firms where you can accept a lower rate and be outside IR35? And in most industries, there are challenges, there are independent firms, they are startups, and it may well be they offer you a lower headline rate to be outside IR35. But all things being equal, you end up being in the same position as if you were inside with a large organisation. But you get the advantage of working in a different type of organisation and you may find it a more interesting place to be. With uh, coronavirus at the moment, there is a lot of remote opportunities. So is that something you've considered? If you're normally bound by geography, are you searching across the entire of the UK for remote positions? And you also need to weigh up your own personal finances and your goals. So are you willing, for example, to embrace the bench? Do you want to take yourself out of the market for a period of time? It might be you want to focus on you know, training or just resting up, DIY projects, whatever it may be. But you need to take a look at your war chest and decide if this is the right time for you to step out of the market. So there's no silver bullet. Um, and as I say, the point here is it's a really, really personal decision. It, it depends on your particular circumstances. It depends on the skills, the knowledge, the bargaining power that you have. It depends on the market. It depends on the interaction between the parties in your sector. So in conclusion, PSC bans are more complex than they appear. There is a lot of risk for corporates. There is a risk in trying to get this right. And there is a risk if they get it wrong. And what I'm hoping to, to press upon you is by building an understanding of this, you should be able to better navigate PSC bans. So that's it from me. I, I hope you've enjoyed um, this podcast and um, my, my opinions. I'd love to hear from you. 
Um, if you've got a different view, I would absolutely love to hear that. Um, you can send me a voice message. There is a, a link in the show notes that go with this podcast, um, and I may play them in the next episode if that's all right. Um, you can also come and comment on LinkedIn. So I'll post this on the Any Accounts page and the offpayroll.org.uk pages on LinkedIn. And finally, I have a little favour to ask. So if you have found this podcast and the rest of the podcasts useful, and if you, like us at Any Accounts, are here for the long haul, I would love it if you could come along and have a look at what we do here at Any Accounts. So we're an accountancy service created by former contractors and consultants. We've got a brilliant team of uh, professional qualified accountants who work with us. And we've built this entire service and app from the ground up to support you working outside R35. It helps you to embed best practices into your daily routines. We offer advice, so we're not just some you know spreadsheet compliance monkey who just makes sure your, your accounts are done. If you are trying to uh, you know, achieve a goal, such as running a, a boutique consultancy firm or just moving up that uh, the, the contractor consultant curve, we can help you with that. Many of us have been in your shoes before. So if you're interested, um, if you go to inni.to, so inni.to forward slash podcast, uh, there's a page there. It tells you all about our service. There's also a special offer there. for it. So if you want to switch accountants, take a look at that page uh, and there's an offer in there for three months free service from us. Um, and that's it. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it and please do swing by come and take a look at any accounts thanks for listening and I'll see you next time